This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. I thank you for the revelation of your word this morning, your word of truth that is going to go forth and, and bring freedom to the hearts and to the minds, Father. Lord, I just give you praise and glory for this morning, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. What an amazing morning uh, here in church. I don't know about you, but uh, this is what church is all about. Amen. Amen. Coming together in unity, being of the same mind, the same spirit, and the same accord, worshiping the same Father, our Heavenly Father, our God. Amen. Amen. So I just want to say thank you all for being here at World Changers this morning. On behalf of our senior pastors, Dr. Creflo and Taffy Dollar, of all the places that you could be this morning, we are honored that you chose to be with us this morning. So I want to say welcome to you all. Amen. Amen. I see some um, faces I've not seen in a moment and in a while. Uh, Good to see you all. You guys, I'm telling you, Grace Sure does look good on you. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I'm honored to uh, continue the series this morning, Help, I'm Afraid to Give. Amen. This is our third week, I do believe, third or fourth week um, in the realm of Help, I'm Afraid to Give. A lot of times we look at when people say give in the realm of finances, You know, oh, well, you're asking me to give finances again. Well, help I'm afraid to give is beyond finances. It's also in the realm of love. Help I'm afraid to love because I've been hurt. Help I'm afraid to forgive because I want to hold on to it and seek justice on my own. Help I'm afraid to to give of my finances. Amen? feeling that I'm going to be shortchanged and that there's a negative in my bank account. Help, I'm afraid to help. Help, I'm afraid to give of my giftings, my talents, and to serve in a local body of Christ. Help, I'm afraid to give my wisdom. If I give my wisdom, then they're going to go and do it better than me. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep it for myself. (laughs) Help, I'm afraid to give kindness. And the list could go on and on. So let's first talk about fear. I want to skip a stone on this because for the last several weeks I've kind of covered it. But for those that are new, I'm going to kind of run through, run through a little bit of what we've spoken about earlier. 1 Timothy 1 and 7, it talks about fear. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's giving us power, love, and a sound mind. So that tells me that in him, in his spirit, we have the ability to not allow fear in our lives. That we can renew our minds to say, nope, I have power that comes from the spirit of God. I think it's Zechariah that said, not by my my power or my might, but it's by the Spirit of God within me. Power, love, a love that is agape, charity. If you look at that word charity, that word charity is agape. It's unconditional love. The love that comes from the Father, from the heart of the Father. The word says that God is love. So if you even the word charity, the word charity means to give. John 3:16, for God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave his son Jesus Christ. Amen. So we do not, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. 
too often, you know, some of the reasons why we succumb to fear is um, our mindset, you know, is our mindset. But the Word says that we have the ability to renew our mind to the Word of God, to believe the promises of God, to hear a word from the Holy Spirit, our unseen partner that speaks to us even today on this earth. You look at all the prophets in the Bible when, when they were in fear. What did they cling to? The word from the Lord. A word from the Lord. Amen? Despite what they saw, despite what they fe- felt. So fear, I'm convinced, has a voice. Those of you, I, let's just give a show of hands. How many of us have been afraid of something in our lifetime? I would say possibly most of us (laughs) at some point in time in our life. But fear, what it talks to us is it justifies unbelief. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. The Bible clearly says that we walk by faith, not by what we see, not by circumstance, not even by the way that we feel but by faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God, what is in this word here? Isaiah 41 and 10, uh, the Lord came to Isaiah and said, fear not for I am with you. One of the famous, I like to say it's a famous line of the Lord, you know, in the word, a famous line that he spoke repeatedly to the prophets and to the great men. He would say, fear not, for I am with you. He said that to Joshua. He said, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I think sometimes we need to be reminded that God is with us and that he is our God, and that he is love in our life. Amen? And it goes on in Isaiah 41 and 10. It says, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. We have a helper. We should never run out of helping. We should never run out of giving because we have the lifeline and the source of the great giver of all things. We have the source of strength. We have the source of help. We have the source of joy. He is our source. Amen. Too often we we cling on things of the natural. My checkbook as our source or bank account or debit card. That is not your source. Actually, that is a natural thing in a natural world. It's not even spiritual. It is a natural currency. The currency of the kingdom is trust, trusting in him, trusting in him that he will fulfill his promises. Fear has a voice. It justifies unbelief. It comes to us and says that God will not fulfill in your life what he has spoken to you. Well, let me tell you, There is no natural circumstance. There is no person. There is no thing. There is no negative or minus. There is no yes and no that changes what God says about you and your life and the purpose in your life and the favor upon your life. We just have to believe, believe his word. Amen. So we have to cast the fear down, get rid of fear, because fear is not of God. We have to know that our source is God the Father, and that through Jesus, we have everything within us that we could possibly need. Everything within us through Jesus Christ and what he did on the day of the cross when he gave his life for us, we have it. We have to believe it that we have it. Amen? But we have to cast down that fear. It is a deception. Fear is a deception. Cast it down and get rid of it, for it is not of God. Fear creates an unbelief issue. 
And I don't know about you, I am 43 years old, hello, <laughs> and I have no time to entertain regrets. I have no time to entertain fear. I have no time to entertain mistakes because, hello, honey, your mistakes do not define you and my mistakes do not define me. We have an unmerited favor upon our life. Moses himself, when God said, you know, go and, and set the people free, Moses said, basically, I can't, God. And he put a, almost like a measuring tape to his stature, and he said, but I stutter, and I can't, God. But when Moses came to the point of saying, I can't, what did God say? Now you shall see the works of my hands. Some of you this morning needs to be reminded He's telling you, you may feel like you are at the end of yourself, but he's saying this, now you shall see the work of my hand, says the Lord. Amen? Not forsaken, not forgotten, not cast aside. His word is still in effect. Amen? And when we realize just how free we are in Christ and all that is available to us in Christ, we cannot help but to freely give. When we realize just how free we are in Christ, cannot help but to give. Amen? I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I give too much. <laughs> we saw little boys yesterday that came into the, we were eating lunch, and they asked for water, and I looked at Yolanda, three little boys, maybe 10, and I was like, take my card and go buy them some fries, and she's like, and I was like, yeah, so she goes, hey, you guys want some fries? They're like, yeah, that'd be great, <laughs> so we fed them. You know, I just can't help but to give, Amen. Oftentimes, on the flip side of this, which I'm not going to go into to great lengths about it, but sometimes we are afraid to receive. Sometimes we are afraid to receive. I'm not going to go into that, but basically that is pride. And if you need a resource about that, we have a resource of a DVD uh, regarding pride. Amen? <laughs> I love you, though. Amen? <laughs> but in Christ, we have an unmerited favor of God working in our lives. It's his grace that accomplishes things that we could never do on our own. Amen? And it, and it moves us to become generous givers and not just takers. Giving is our way that we express grace and our trust in God. The Bible says freely we have received and freely we give. It's an act of freedom. Freely we have received. Jesus freely gave his life so that we have access, the dominion, the power, the authority on this earth if we believe. And then freely we give. I take great pleasure in giving my, my wisdom because <laughs> I've been through some things, ministry, life, I find pleasure because I know that when I give my, the wisdom that I have learned from God and the things that I've went to, my hope is always to prevent someone else from taking the long way around. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it's giving it's not lending. It's giving. It's not lending. Too often in church when things go sideways, people leave mad and they say, well, you know what? I just worked so hard and I did everything for the pastors. And did you know that I served 10 hours a week? Did you give or did you lend? We can read in the Bible, the church of Macedonia, they were going through tribulation and persecution. And what did they do? They gave. They gave abundantly. They even had so much, even in their persecution and such, that they even sent people to the church of Corinth. They sent money. They sent disciples. 
they gave. That's what church does. That's what people do do when we're in Christ. We give. Satan's deception is to shut us up with bitterness, resentment, offense, and say, nope, hurt, nope, I'm not giving. You hurt me. I'm just going to sit and watch you do what you do. Go ahead. Wear yourself out. Well, you know what, honey? Let me tell I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. I'm just like, <laughs> full of myself. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. Let's go there while I calm myself down. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. It says, by the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. By the unmerited favor of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effect. Grace always has an effect. Giving always has an effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, the apostles, though it was not really I but the grace, a merited favor of blessing of God, which was with me. This was the Apostle Paul. I also want to read this from the, um, the Mirror Bible because I love it. Um, it's really great. In the Mirror Bible, it says, While my own doing completely disqualified me, because we know that Paul, he persecuted the Jews, and then he had an encounter with a with the Spirit of God, and, and he just radically was saved and changed and then uh, called to be an apostle, setting up churches and ministering the gospel of grace. And let me tell you, Paul was, was not, he did not compromise the Word of God. Some people would say, and sometimes when I read, I'm like, ooh, ouch. I wonder what their reaction was in, in the church of Corinth. Paul did not play. He, he ministered the uncompromising word and truth of God. He wasn't commanding people what to do. He was encouraging them because he knew that if they gave and if they learned the gospel of grace, that it would have an effect in their life too, just as it had an effect in his life. So in the Mirror Bible, it says, while my own doing completely disqualified me, his doing now defines me. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am because he is. His grace was not wasted on me. Instead, I am inspired to labor beyond the point of exhaustion. More than anything I ever did under the law of performance, whatever it is that I accomplish now has grace written all over it. I take no credit for it. So the Apostle Paul was saying, you know what? You're looking at me as if I'm working harder than you. But Paul is saying that it was his grace, his unmerited favor. He believed what Jesus had done on the cross in the finished works of God. He believed the love. He believed He believed the word of God and the promises of God. And he did not compromise, suffering persecution, suffering being talked about, all the things that he went through, and he still continued equipping the states, the saints. So we can, and we do, and we will, because of the unmerited favor, the grace of God within our lives. So with our giftings, our talents, and our, our serving, each of us have a purpose. Each of us have a call in this world to do. Each of us have a destiny, so to speak, for the kingdom of God. I remember a story that Pastor Kyle had spoken to me of a, of a minister. Um, kind of at the end of his journey, he looked, and I think he was an evangelist, and he said, um, you know, I look back on my, my ministry, and not many people got saved under my ministry. And honey, maybe you can elaborate the name of the person of who it was. But then someone told him, 
Do you remember a guy named Reinhardt Bunky as a child that was saved under your ministry? So sometimes we think that what we are doing, we don't see in the natural. Can you imagine Jesus giving his life and wanting something naturally in return? But look what he did in that moment. All generations upon generations upon generations. We too often look at our generation and we hold back our giving. But I'm telling you, there are generations to come that need your voice, that need your gifting, that need your talents, that needs the ministry that God has within you, the businesses within you that maybe you're afraid to launch. God, when he sent Jesus, he did not see that moment in time. He saw generations upon generations upon generations. Just like this minister, Ron Hart Bunky, look, generations upon generations coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So we can. And all of our talents, abilities, and callings are a direct result of God's grace. However, God's grace alone does not guarantee success. God's grace is consistent towards everyone, but not everyone will reap the benefits of God's grace because not everyone will labor as Paul spoke here. This labor is not a works-type mentality that earns us God's favor. That, that is not grace. These are works of faith. And I'll give you some examples. We don't have to study the word to get God to love us. He already loves us. That's grace. But we do have to study, don't get me wrong, God's word to renew our minds, to know what we have access to in his promises, and to convince us of the fact of just how much God really does love us. We don't have to go to church to obtain God's grace, but because we have God's grace, we need to go to church to keep our hearts from being hardened. It says it in Hebrews 3 and 13, Hebrews 10 and 25. There is an attack on the church, folks. There is an attack on the church. I believe in church. I believe in pastors. I believe in teachers. I believe in apostles. I believe in um, prophets. I believe in evangelists. I believe in the gifts of helps. I believe in all the giftings of the Bible. I believe in that. And I believe that they work together for the fullness of the body of Christ here on this earth. I believe in unity, just as the word says. I don't believe in division. I don't believe in disconnecting. I believe that everything can be worked out even if we we have a disagreement. But the attack on the church is, is pointing at the churches and saying, nope, you're not teaching the word of truth. I am. You're not running the church right. I will. You're a horrible pastor because you did not compromise the word of God and the standard. I'm going to go do it better. I believe in church. I believe in coming together as a body that Jesus intended it to be. I believe in living as if we are a living people and not people that are dying. Because the Bible says that the outward man may perish day by day, but my inner man, it is, it is renewed, it's strengthened, it is alive. Some of you that may be up in age, and, you know, I'm here to tell you, life is not over. God has a purpose for you because the Word says that, that you know, you can rise up on the wings of eagles and be strengthened in Him. Amen. It's not over for you. Age doesn't define you. I tell people all the time, you've got a spirit of youth within you and upon you. 
I'm sowing that into people's lives to encourage them because one day I know I'm going to (laughs) be, hallelujah, still kicking it, you know, at the age of 75, kicking around and running and shouting and screaming. But I want someone at some point in time to come and encourage me. So I'm sowing that now. I'm giving that now. Amen? Not just to get, but also for them as well. Amen? So Paul, he acknowledged God's grace as the source of everything. He had and he was, and he allowed God's grace to have its full effect in his life through seeking God more than the other apostles did. We have to labor against the flesh, not to just work, but to rest. Labor to rest, as Hebrews 4 and 11 says. Paul knew that it was the grace of God and knew that all he had to do was just put his faith in action. Put his faith in action. Too often we sit and we say, well, if the pastor says I'm called to do this, then I'll do it. No, put our faith into action. I can say that because I did it. I did it for a while, and then I realized I can put my hands, my feet, my mouth, I can help people. I've launched two women's ministries. Um, I've launched, well, actually now three here. Um, Kids church, theater camps for kids. I've seen so many amazing things. But I started out saying, Lord, I don't know what my purpose is. When I was saved, I was seeing Kyle, you know, he heard from God and the Lord spoke to him and said, you'll be an evangelist and one day you'll pastor. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What is my purpose? And then I heard the Lord say, be who I've called you to be and the moment I've called you to be it. I said, okay, Lord, so what do I do? Put your hands to work. So I did. I served in kids' church with my my boys. Um, I structured, we structured a youth ministry. Um, Kyle has done, we were talking about it last night. I think Kyle has done almost everything. Did we define something that you did not, have not done yet? Miming. Okay. So Kyle literally has done everything in church other than miming. He's been Jesus in in theater productions. He's uh, evangelized, outreach, you know, janitor, all of that, choir. So just start. Just put your faith to action. Just start. Serve somewhere. Give of your time. Give of your talents. I had an interesting journey that I, I saw grace really take over in my life. Um, I'm not of the side of the brain that's like really artistic or creative. I've always struggled in that realm. Like I even struggle with stick figures, you know, it just, you know, always really doesn't work. I can't draw. (laughs) Kyle is the uh, designer of decor in our home and everything. He's an artist and all that, but I'm the more of the analytical type brain. Um, I can type beautiful presentations, and I can instructionally design anything. I can, you know, put things, phase plan and project plan and all of that. So I had an opportunity recently that um, there was a need in the church to do graphics, design graphics for the women's ministry. I was like, man, I don't know of anybody. So the Lord said, you do it. It's like, okay, me do it. All right. So I just started praying over that side of my brain. And I even started brushing my teeth with my left hand because I'm right-handed to exercise that side of my brain. (laughs) I know it sounds silly, but it's worked, okay? So then put grace in that. And so I'm doing graphics to the point that Kyle, which is amazing with graphics, he's like, 
I really like that graphic. And so that side of the brain is becoming more creative. And I know that it is the grace of God in my life. And I have patience with it. And I never had patience before with it. But I have patience with it now, which I know is the grace of God. Sometimes we say, I can't do that. But all the while, we just have to put our faith in action and know that the grace of God is on our life. And trust me, there were things that I missed. I I had a women's ministry. You know, they said, um, everyone can sing. They wanted me to sing a song, and I said, I can't sing. I make a joyful noise. And they, well, everyone can sing. Well, yes, but mine doesn't sound good. And so they literally did not believe me. And so for a ladies' meeting, they said, you're singing. No, no, you're singing. So I get up and I start singing and their faces and their claps just kind of fell silent and their faces went. And I was like, don't have that gift. You know, the Bible says to make a joyful noise. Let me tell you, I rock that out every day. You know, I make a joyful noise. (laughs) Friday night, I was downstairs singing. Kyle was upstairs. The boys were at youth, and Kyle sent a text, I love your singing. (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) But amen. So giving. Help, I'm afraid to give. Let's go to 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. As each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favor. Whoever speaks, let him do it as one who utters the oracles of God. Whoever renders service, let him do it as with a strength which God furnishes abundantly, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ the Messiah. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever through endless age. Amen. So be it. So it starts out, it says, as each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. So sometimes we think, I don't have anything to really contribute to the body of Christ. I don't have a gift. I don't have a talent. But here it says, each of you have a particular spiritual talent. Each of us do. And God is not a respecter of persons. And so that it says that we can employ for one another for one another. Amen. Let's go to uh, Matthew 10 and 8, please. And it says, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Freely without pay you have received, freely without charge, give. So this is another way that we, we give, is going to the ones that are sick. You know, even the dead, we have the power to raise the dead. We have to believe it. Let's turn to Romans 12, 3 through 8. For by the grace and merited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. You know your gifting and your talent by going to God and, and through him, him, him showing you, him telling you. For as in one physical body, we have many parts, organs, and members, and all of these parts do not have the same function or use. So we, numerous as we are, are one body in Christ, and individually we are parts, one of another, mutually dependent on one another. Having gifts, faculties, talents, and qualities that differ according to the grace given to us, let each of us use them. 
He whose gift is prophecy, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. So here it says that we have gifts, talents that differ. He whose gift is practical service, let him give himself to serving. He who teaches to his teaching. He who exhorts encourages to his exhortion. He who contributes, let him do in simplicity and liberal, liberality. He who gives aids and superintends with zeal and singleness of mind. He who does acts of mercy with genuine cheerfulness and joyful eagerness. Let us do it with cheerfulness and eagerness. So we all have a gifting and talent, and it describes some here, that whatever you have, then do, then give. Amen? Let's go to Luke 16 and 12. And if you have not proved faithful in that which belongs to another, whether God or man, who will give you that which is is your own? That is the true riches. So we begin. So where do we start? Where do we begin? What do I do? I don't know my purpose. Well, one, pray and seek after the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will teach us, will guide us, will direct us. The Holy Spirit is our unseen partner. So when we go to him and we ask, Lord, what would you have me to do? Expect and believe that he will speak to you and he will show you. And where Pastor Kyle and I started is we started serving in our local church. Like I said, we did Man, we did so many things. It was amazing. It's crazy all at the same time, but it was amazing. We saw some amazing things happen. Through, through our serving, we learned and we grew and um, we went through things, but we gained wisdom through it all. We learned what worked and what didn't work. We learned what was us and what was the Spirit of God. <laughs> we learned so many things. We learned more than anything, I would say, the power of the Word of God, more than anything. We learned that as we went to people and we ministered to people. My training ground was on the streets. You know, just every person I came in contact, well, not every person I came in contact with, but people that I came in contact with, I learned what when I would go to people when it was me and my compassion and my desire versus God's voice speaking into a person's life. I learned that on the streets. I mean, we did some amazing um, outreaches in Greenville, South Carolina. We had people driving by, waving guns, threatening our lives, and we were like, hey, no weapon that forms against us will prosper. You know, we have the authority. You can just keep on moving that way. And it was good ministering to prostitutes, people with HIV, AIDS. Let me tell you the things that we have seen. When you are in that realm, let me tell you, you cannot have fear. And then when you're faithful, faithful with the things that come your way of God's people, he will give you more. The more we served, the more we walked in faithfulness. Did we have tough times? Absolutely. Did we get hurt along the way? Absolutely. Did we struggle with our giving? Absolutely. But we knew our source. We knew how to renew our mind. And we believed the word of God. And Kyle always said, he said, Right when we first got saved, actually about about a year after we got saved, he said from a mission, he was on a mission trip and he came back and he said, I'm called to evangelize one day I'll pastor. And then shortly after that, he said, when America gets bad, probably six months after that, he said, when America gets bad, God's moving us to Australia. I was like, not a pastor's wife. And um, Australia, really? I love my home. 
I love where I'm at. I was the one that said, I'm always going to live in my hometown that I grew up in. I was that person. I'm staying here, and and I'm going to take my kids to the school that I went to, and I'm going to be here forever. Hello. God had a plan. (laughs) Yes, and I'm the blessed ones, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful. But through it all, being faithful, being faithful in our serving, being faithful under our pastors and and ministers. For three years, we would go to a church. We would find a church every night. And let me tell you, we went to some really strange churches. But we we just said, we didn't know. We just said, we got to be at church. And for three years, we did that. We would drive, you know, two hours, I believe, was our max of driving distance. But we would go and we would walk in. What can we help you with? You know, and I would always say, he can sing. (laughs) And they would have him sing or testify. (laughs) But it's God's plans for our life. We just have to be obedient to it. Amen. Let's go to Galatians 5 and 13. For you, brethren, were indeed called to freedom only. Do not let your freedom be an incentive to your flesh and an opportunity or excuse for selfishness, but through love you should serve one another. Wow, what a scripture. We were called to freedom, but do not let your freedom be an opportunity or an excuse for selfishness. And here, serving one another is giving giving love one to another, amen? Giving of our giftings, our talents, our serving. Uh, Let's go to Mark 10 and 45. For even the Son of Man came not to have service rendered to him, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for instead of many. So Jesus himself, he came not to have services rendered to him, but to serve. And a lot of times people think, I think I may have said this last week, that that being a pastor, you just step in a pulpit and you preach and you just have everyone else do whatever, (laughs) whatever you tell them to do and you do nothing. I think I've worked harder in my life being a pastor than I have. My, my background is banking. I was a corporate trainer. I train people how to do their jobs. So, and I work harder, and I see Lynn back there doing this, but I work harder um, as a pastor because if there's no one else to do it, you're the one that does it because guess what? It needs to be done. We are in an amazing building phase here of, of World Changers Church Gold Coast. It's only been on the coast for four years. Pastor Kyle and I have only been here for not even two years yet. We came here with eight people inside the church. And this morning I took a step in the back and I just probably get teary out now, but just in tears, crying. God is faithful, (laughs) and he says what, and he'll do what he says that he will do, and it's amazing. Sometimes we look, and we think, but how, God? (laughs) But his grace is with us. He knew the plans of this even when we were in our mother's womb. He had all of you in mind that's here this morning. And I'm so grateful that Kyle and I said yes and amen. And I remember, (laughs) I remember, and even right now in this time, Pastor Dollar had prophesied over our life and said, and when you get there, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and people will start coming, 
and they'll see the care that you have for them. They'll start sharing things with you. They'll start asking for help. They'll receive restoration. They'll receive salvation. They'll receive and gain a freedom. And we are walking in that now. If I would have just limited the day that I, we stepped into a little small cafe function room that I'm so grateful for, amen, such a blessing, and said, nope, this is not it, and we missed it, and shut my heart up and not given, I sometimes wonder what the outcome would be. But the Lord continually says to give, to give of our giftings, our talents, our grace. There's nothing like being gracious one to another, being graceful but full of power, knowing your authority in Christ, being kind, showing mercy, giving encouragement, giving wisdom, giving help, giving thanks and gratitude. I'm always mindful to go to God and just give him thanks and give him gratitude. So help, I am afraid to give. When our motivation is, is give, to give is out of love and thanksgiving. Rather than out of fear or necessity, we demonstrate the grace of God in tangible ways that others can benefit from and that others can see. We need to learn to give, otherwise we never get to a place to produce fruit. We have to give, learn to give. This is a quote by an amazing person that sent it. She's up here on the guitar. She's not just a guitarist, but she's got a powerful voice. She sent me this text last week, and she said, we have to learn to give. Otherwise, we never get to a place to produce fruit. One morning I woke up, it's kind of a, well, not really funny, but one morning I woke up and I had a meeting. Um, I was battling with some symptoms in my body and um, I heard the Spirit of God say, are you the stone or are you the sower? And so I was like, okay, God, I don't know why, but okay, I'll write it down on my phone and my notepad and just kind of leave it and maybe study it out and receive the full revelation. And so I was like, honey, can I just maybe not go to this meeting? I'm coughing and I don't want to cough in someone's face. And Kyle said, no, honey, you, you really need to go. This is important. And I was like, okay. And I'm praying as, you know, getting ready, praying, getting my inner man built up and strengthened, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit, which builds us up in our inner man, builds us up in love and faith. And so I go and I meet the person and, and walk someone that we had a disagreement. <laughs> well, actually, on the way driving there, I heard the Lord say again, are you the stone or are you the sower? And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study it out. So I met the lady and then walked someone that had a disagreement with. And I'm sitting there like, and the Lord said, are you the sower or are you the stone? And I got up and I said, I am the sower. And I went and I gave the person a big hug. And I said, I hope that you are doing well. I refuse to be a stone. Because as the Bible says, the stone, stony ground does not take the word. I want to be the one that freely receives his word and freely gives his word. Untainted, 
untainted by fear, untainted by hurt, untainted by offense, untainted by anything else that this world can throw and offer to me. I believe in giving, and I will give and give and give and give. So this morning, if you maybe have battled with some fear in your heart in the realm of giving, maybe you've battled um, maybe you've battled because you've been hurt. Maybe you've battled because of your past. Maybe you've battled because of your mistakes, thinking that you can't. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, you can. You can. Because God is a God of love. Sometimes we just have to go into that secret place. <laughs> that secret place with him that restores our soul, keeping the peace of God upon our heart that acts as an umpire, that peace of God, it catches everything that comes my way. You know what? You're not going to hit my heart, darts or hurt or offense, but the peace that comes from God's going to catch it all. Anything that costs your peace is too expensive. It's too expensive realigned to the peace of God that is an umpire that guards your heart. Amen? Amen. So we have an opportunity this morning as we have received of this word. Have you learned anything this morning? Amen? Amen. God is good. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook at World Changes GC. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.